Is work getting you down? Or do you love your job but want to hear all about the other 98% of the population who don't? Then hop on over to your favorite podcast app and give the Fuck My Work Life podcast a listen. Each week, J and K bring you a variety of workplace stories that will have you laughing even on your worst day. That's the Fuck My Work Life podcast. What's up, rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language, so don't be blasting it over the speakers at school or at work or some other public place that has people with sticks at their butts, okay? I'm assuming if you're listening, you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned, there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. Enjoy! Have you ever, like, wondered what it would be like for people to listen to your inner thoughts? It's, like, terrifying and thrilling at the same time. It seems I'm plagued by indecision the older I get, even though in my heart, I'm still a teenager just trying to figure out life. Or something. Okay, welcome to the Rewatch Recap. I am Dustin of uh, Dustin Can Read and Watch, and here with me today is Kay from Fuck My Work Life podcast. How is everything going on today, Kay? Everything is good so far. I got my strawberry beer. I'm ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) I almost was going to drink it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't have anything. I didn't get anything. I was kind of lazy and forgot. So I'm just drinking water because that's kind of what Angela would drink, I guess. Um, (laughs) True. (laughs) <laughs> she would. She does drink in this episode, but you know she's not a drinker, really. Anyway, um, so yeah, we're watching my so-called life, the short-lived series from ABC from 1994 to early 1995, and we're going to recap each episode one by one, and which is basically the point of the show: have a guest and me recap a, a show that we've already watched before and see how it affects us now and how we like it now, and maybe if the same jokes or same drama falls the same way it did the first time we watched it yeah um i think it'd be really fun i like to revisit old things and things that i love and i love my so-called life i i think pretty much every time somebody asks me what's your favorite tv show the first thing that comes to mind is my so-called life yeah always i don't know what it is but um it might not be my favorite now but it still is like the first like the the gut reaction i give i'm like this is the first one I would say is my, you know, it it shaped my view of how TV should be, I think, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But I digress. So let's talk about my so-called life a little bit. Um, Like I said, it came out in 1994. And uh, did you see it live when it was on ABC or did you watch it later? No, I watched it. I watched it live when it was on and I waited every week for the next episode. I was invested from the very first episode. (laughs) (laughs) How old were you? I was 15. So I was 15. I was Angela Chase. You know, we were living our our teenage years together. So it was very, very uh it still means like a lot to me. Like you said, you you know, people ask you your favorite show. It's like my so-called life. Like this was probably one of the first shows that really, really touched, you know, or hit home 
base for me or, or however you want to put it. Um, because, she, I mean, we'll get into it, but like it really showed how I feel teenagers feel and act at that age, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. awkward and everything is dramatic and, you know. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that's what drew you to it mainly. It was like just because it was, I mean, I, I would say the same thing. I was 13. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm only a couple of years younger. No big deal. Um, <laughs> and for me, it I had just come to terms with being gay and felt really. And this is early. This is the 90s, guys. This is not nowadays where Gen yeah. Z is like, I'm gay in high school and it's somewhat OK. I'm sure there's still bullying and stuff that goes on. Obviously, there is. But it was a little bit different over 30 years ago. Right. <laughs> I it was 30 years ago. Jesus. I just thought about that. I'm going to go cry. <laughs> <laughs> but like I had only started to come out to myself like earlier the same year and mm-hmm. only came out to a couple of friends at this point. And um, so, you know, I was still going through it. And this was right before my eighth grade year is when this came out. Um, I saw a promo for it on Entertainment Tonight with uh, Claire Danes and AJ Langer. Mm-hmm. And they're rolling around. I think it was on Santa Monica Pier, I believe. And like, hey, watch our show. Watch our show. You know, <laughs> and they kind of this little, little a promo for it, you know. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. It was going to be the next night that it premiered. And I was like, let's watch it. So um, it came on and I tuned in and was hooked from the first episode just automatically. Mm-hmm. You know, same reason that you said it was just felt real. It was just true to life. And I just I loved it. I loved it so much. And um I'm so glad. I don't know why, but I just, I felt seen in a way, you know, like I was like, oh my God, this spoke to me so much. Like, I was like, this is me. This is me. This is, it wasn't, I didn't go through all these things that, but I felt like I had or that I would, you know? So yeah, that's, oh, I wanted to be Angela so bad. I used to try to dress like her. I did. I mean, because she wore like tomboyish. She wore flannel. She wore, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, overalls. And when I would dress like her in a way, and I I didn't like, I didn't dye my hair crimson glow. (laughs) It's not Um, red. It's crimson glow. (laughs) It's crimson glow. And uh, I didn't dye my hair. I did at one point, but I went to a professional and had it done. Yeah, the color of my hair hair. right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is a little bit like that. I think it's a little more, I don't know. What would you call it? I don't know if it's crimson glow. What would you call your hair? Yeah. I I don't know. It's like a it's a it's a more subtle crimson glow. It's when I first because this has been like almost six weeks, so it's kind of faded a bit. When I first do it, it's very similar to to Angela's crimson glow, but it fades real quick. So Well, um, just to uh, introduce you guys to Kay and her podcast, Fuck My Work Life, it is a show about basically work life stories and going through it, going through the motions of being an adult and having a job <laughs> Yeah, and all the, the characters you encounter and the stupid situations you encounter, basically, right? Wouldn't you say that? You and your yeah. husband, Jay. Yeah. yeah, we've got, I mean, we get so many diverse stories it's not just us bitching about work right like we really try to focus on either having guests on that tell their work stories or we have people write in and tell their work stories and kind of sharing all the different crazy work experiences people have a lot of them for some reason center around poop i don't know why (laughs) we get a lot of those stories um but i yeah i guess that just you know comes up a lot at work (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know why, but yeah. So, but we have a lot of really crazy stories and it's been, it's been a lot of fun, you know, and it is kind of a way for people to be like, you know, if they had a really crappy day at work, they can listen to one of our episodes and be like, that person may have it worse and maybe feel a little bit better. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. If this will be out by the time you have a new season started, it probably will be, I'm sure. But if not, still check out the backlog. I've been in a couple. I've, I've been in an episode, and I they used one of my voicemail basically uh, for another one. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've actually been on my show for the uh, Dustin can read and watch. We did Dustin checks in, and so you can hear J and K on that too. Just kind of getting real and talking about life in general and. You know, basically how their show goes anyway, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's a fun little time. It's a fun, it's a fun time. <laughs> Feeling a little awkward. I don't know why. It's weird. <laughs> Isn't it weird how that hits you sometimes? Or you're, you're just like, like <laughs> what am I? I'm rambling. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck I'm saying. Um, by the way, I we will curse on this show if you haven't heard it already. Oh. <laughs> we might curse. We might drink. <laughs> we, you know, might do a little dance for you. We don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay, back to my so-called life. So before we begin, I want to give you a little bit of my so-called life trivia. Um, it w- did premiere on August 25th, 1994 at 8-7 Central on the American Broadcasting Network, which is ooh, ABC. But a month later, by the way, on September 22nd, Friends premiered in the same freaking time slot on NBC. Oh, is that what killed it? Pretty much. Oh, Must see TV on NBC is what killed my so-called life. That sucks. ABC was not willing to move the time slot. I don't know why, but whatever. Um, The school, they shot a lot of stuff in a real school. Um, It's a real school in California, uh, University High School. And they did it while school was in session, apparently. I found this out through several articles. I can't really just cite one article. It's through several. I kept like, well, this is the same information on every article I read. Um, Like they would move classes and students to another part of the school while they filmed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, well, crap. Why didn't you just do it on the weekends or right? like, you know, or at the end? Of, I don't know. Lighting. You can do a lot with lighting, guys. Yeah. You, have, you can do make it look like it's daytime. You could do it at night. You know, I don't know. But whatever. There was probably laws, though, because a lot of the people playing teenagers were actually teenagers, you know. That's so true. I'm sure there were that is true. certain laws as to like when they could film or whatever. Yeah, I don't doubt. Yeah, it is California, too. And they're very much. Yeah. We like our laws. <laughs> we, you, yeah. <laughs> and entertainment law, especially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, and also creator, this might something you might not know, creator Winnie Holtzman. Mm-hmm. Um, she worked on a lot of shows, but what a lot of people don't know is that she wrote the book for Wicked on Broadway. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So when I found that, I was like, what the crap? This is before <laughs> I saw the show. And I had read the actual book Wicked. And then I went and saw the, the, you know, the musical, the Broadway musical, which when it came to our town and I was uh, a little disappointed in it, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever it. seen it. I haven't. No. They changed the ending and the ending of Wicked, the book matches more to what happens in actual Wizard of Oz. And, yeah. you know, but they changed it for the musical. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to tell you in case you do see it. But um, I'm hoping that maybe when they do this movie that's supposed to be coming out with Ariana Grande, I hope that they change it back or make it more or at least resemble closer to what the original Wizard of Oz book and movie with Judy Garland, how it ended. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, back to this. 
so um, Claire Danes, like you said, she was 15 when they filmed the series. I think she might have been 14 when they did the pilot. Yeah. Like just almost 15, like yeah. when they filmed the pilot. But she almost was not Angela. The original person they almost cast as Angela was Alicia Silverstone. Ooh. I know. But she was deemed too pretty to be an insecure teenager, which I agree with that. Yeah. You know, how are you going to be insecure? You're, you're so cute. Yeah, you're, you're freaking <laughs> Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> Claire Danes is attractive and she's cute in her own way, but she looks like somebody who's going to grow into their looks type of person yeah. who's attractive, but not like hot or anything like that. Right. And, you know, Alicia Silverstone just a couple of years later did Clueless. So you knew what she looked like. Actually, at this time, she was doing the, the Aerosmith music videos, I yeah. think. So you knew what she looked like. She was in Crush, The Crush with Carrie Ells. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh. Yeah, I could. I don't see her as Angela at all. I was gonna say it would be a completely different show. I think without um, Claire Danes. I know. I don't know. I just I see Cher Hor Horowitz narrating it. <laughs> First, I do my normal thing. I get up and I pick up my school clothes. Yeah. <laughs> as if, <laughs> like as if, like because they say like a lot in the show. Yeah, and they say or something a lot. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of stuff they would say over and over. But if you think about it. That's how people talk. They usually have yeah. these little idioms, these little things that they say in a certain area. They'll say the same things over and over. And, mm -hmm. you know, I say, you know, all the time. So <laughs> this is something I do. I can't help. I say, it. yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, yeah. <laughs> um, at this time, also, Jared Leto was 22. Mm -hmm. And being a 15-year-old's love interest is kind of, ooh, that's seven years difference. That's a, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, he almost didn't show up in the show either. He almost went to art school instead of taking the part, but he ended up taking it anyway. I don't wow. know why. I didn't read too much about it, but. Was this his first acting role? No, I think he had done like two or three other things before this, probably small parts, one-liners or something like that, I'm sure. But this was the first big break. Obviously, he got big from this. You know, yeah. everybody knew him after that. And he didn't do a lot after this. He did mostly his band stuff. You know, mm -hmm. he was in bit parts. I think he was in Requiem for a Dream and stuff like that. But yeah, it was that was more like indie in a way. You know, it wasn't like a big blockbuster movie. Wilson Cruz, who plays Ricky Vasquez, uh, it turns out that Ricky was the first openly gay teenage role on broadcast TV, which is a really big deal. Yeah. It's a huge you know, deal. It is a very, very big deal. And, you know, it was really something. It was awesome because you could connect with that character so easily. Mm -hmm. Even though he was a gay character and even if you weren't gay or queer or bi or whatever, you, you, you still connected with him because he had a, a relatable story. Being, you know, Latino, being from a broken home, all that kind of stuff. So it, he had such a good storyline, which I, I still love Wilson Cruz and. And, you know, Wilson Cruz now is on Star Trek Discovery. Oh, is he? Yeah. He oh, it, he and Anthony Rapp played the first uh, gay Star Trek couple. Oh, yeah. He's breaking all the boundaries. Look, breaking all the boundaries. He's, you know, <laughs> I'm the first queer in space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not really, but, you know, <laughs> I think that's kind of fun. After this show was canceled, this another milestone for the show. It was the first series to have a quote, save the show online campaign. Mm. Because you in the, the early 90s is when the internet really started building up steam. You know, you had the AOL Messenger app, you know, an app really, software 
Um, yeah. <laughs> we didn't call it app. It's basically an app is software. So that's basically it's the same right. thing. But um, it had that going for it. And then MTV ended up playing all 19 episodes and daily reruns for about two years at least. Mm-hmm. And I still I recorded them off of MTV. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna be on MTV. And they said they're gonna show up on MTV. And I started recording them every. I still have my VHS tapes recordings of these. Oh wow! I know. I need to get out the the the, v, the VCR and rewatch them and watch all the old commercials and whatnot because I never like stopped. I know. I think what was it? I Dallas was one of the VJs. I think that was her name, I Dallas, and she's the one who like introduced. Here's MTVs, you know, yeah. my so called life and. Sounds familiar. I'm, yeah, I'm old. I think it was her name, I Dallas. But yeah, I still have them and it's awesome. And ever since, I ended up watching the tapes and now the DVDs because I bought it on DVD and for years, over and over. And I called it my quote, television therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, this is my TV therapy. And when I needed a good cry or I just wanted to feel understood. And like we were saying before, I think the show is a real good portrayal of teen life and family life and just life in general it was just so real yeah uh, you know but okay i've been talking here for about 15 minutes about <laughs> <laughs> about the show let's get into the pilot okay and i'm gonna recap it and we can just throw in little tidbits here and there so here we go with the recap of my so-called life So the show opens with the infamous lines, go now, go, mm-hmm. which opens up every show, actually. Yeah. It's Angela Chase, who's Claire Danes, uh, and Rayanne Graff, AJ Langer, who was 19 at this point, and they're trying to get money from strangers. <laughs> what for? I have no idea. Um, they just keep asking for spare change and screwing up and laughing and... and uh, <laughs> like Ariane's like, I'm sorry, you look like her mother who's in a coma. And then like <laughs> Angela starts laughing. She's like, excuse her, she's hypoglycemic. <laughs> I don't even know. It seems so real. It feels like maybe they yeah. improvised it a little bit. It just felt, you know. Yeah, they mu- they must have. Because like you said, it just feels so natural. Like you just say something silly and you get the giggles and you can't stop, you know. Yeah. And you're watching them and you're looking, you're like, you can look at Angela and you look at Rayanne and you can tell Rayanne's the wild child from yeah. the get go. She's dressed like, not, I don't say provocatively because she's not really, but she's, you know, wearing kind of mismatched clothes and Angela's over here in this like nice dress. She's got this plain kind of dirty blonde mice, mousy hair. Yeah. She's kind of washed out. She doesn't have makeup on, but she's hanging out with Rayanne. I don't know how this friendship started and I kind of wish I knew. I don't think yeah. we ever got that. No. Um, but they started, they started hanging out and this is how they started hanging out. And, um, Angela explains people are getting to her because they expect you to be a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you, you're supposed to be just a certain way in school. And she started hanging out with this other girl and, and she doesn't, I don't know. She doesn't want to be, I guess, pigeonholed into a certain personality. And that's when we meet her former best friend, Sharon Chersky, who's yeah. Devin Odessa. She was 20. And she's talking nonstop. She won't shut up. And Angela's just walking around looking at things. And, you know, Sharon's just, you know, I don't even pay attention to what Sharon says because I don't really give a shit because she's just one of those people like, shut up. Yeah, she's very annoying. (laughs) (laughs) She is. She's just like, oh, my God, just shut up, Sharon. Shut up, Sharon. Shut up. And you can see that Angela's like, I'm over this. I'm over this friendship right now. I need something new in my life. You know, it's the same thing every day. 
she's walking around, she's observing things. And the whole show, by the way, she is narrating. She narrates the mm-hmm. show. And she's saying things to herself like, boys have it so easy. You just have to pretend you don't notice them noticing you. Yeah. And, you know, she walks by a group of cheerleaders and she's like, cheerleaders, can't people just cheer on their own, like to themselves? I feel the same way, too. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny because I actually was a cheerleader. And uh, (laughs) I, for some reason, I sat out one game and I was listening to the cheerleaders and I was like, holy crap, they're obnoxious. And then I quit. <laughs> You're like, I see why people hate this. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> bring it on. Bring me off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she sees poor Brian Krakow, who's her neighbor, played by Devin Gummersall, who was, I guess, 15 at the time. Um, okay. That's what I looked up his age. I was like, oh, they're close in age. And he's getting picked on in the hallway, getting slammed up against the locker and stuff. He's He's the nerd. The big curly hair, big mop head of hair. Oh, that hair was great. <laughs> oh, it really was. And she says, school is a battlefield for your heart. Mm-hmm. Which, oh my God, so melodramatic. But but it's so true when you're that age. You know? Oh, like, it is. It is. It's, <laughs> I know. Wow. You, you feel everything so much. Like Every it, little thing. It's so, like everything, like everybody's looking at you this way. Oh my God. I can't even explain it. I mean, obviously, we've all been through it. You know, mm-hmm. we all, hopefully we have. If you haven't, then what the hell? Get some priorities. Like, <laughs> like I don't understand people who don't understand feeling out of sorts growing up in a way. You know? Yeah. I just, some people are like, oh, life was easy for me. You know, I don't get it. I don't, if you're popular or you just had everything set for you. and But even then, you've got to have some kind of strife i feel like you would hope and think right (laughs) nobody's perfect if even they try to like portray that on the outside yeah and a lot of people just don't admit it they won't even admit to themselves like come on now everybody went through this so this is why angela decides to dye her hair crimson glow because rayanne says her hair is holding her back and what she means is in her life right she needs something (laughs) to shake things up and that's what she does Mm mm-hmm and immediately after, Angela's downstairs in the kitchen, and her mom, Patty, pay, played by Bess Armstrong, who I think at this point was best known for Jaws 3D. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, she sees it and kind of gets this passive-aggressive attitude like, oh, so it is you. I thought somebody else was standing in my kitchen, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Classic Basically mom. just to say, yeah. <laughs> basically just to say that she doesn't like it. Doesn't mm-hmm. like it. She's bringing in the groceries or whatever, and that's when she meets Angela's two new friends, Rayanne and Ricky. And Wilson Cruz this time was 20. Um, and it's a very awkward encounter. Mm-hmm. Very awkward. You remember that when you would come home and you would bring some new friends home that no one's ever met, and it's just like, who are these strangers in my house? <laughs> I feel like I was probably more that strange person in someone else's house. You know what? Me too. But my mom acted like this woman, just very, no. Yeah. <laughs> Wall, no. My parents were pretty open with, with people. Like, I mean, actually, we were kind of the household because we were latchkey kids. So <laughs> my dad didn't get, didn't get home from work until like six o'clock. So we were actually the house where everyone came and hung out. So everything was kind of just accepted. So that was kind of a cool part of growing up. You know, I was kind of a latchkey kid, too. My mom didn't get home. 
until later after I got home from school. But no one ever came over and hung out. I always went over to somebody else's house. I was never yeah. the hangout house. I just never was. I always wanted to go to other people's houses because they had better snacks than we did. <laughs> but people wanted to come to our house because there was no parental supervision. So it was the vibe. Kind of a it was yeah. the vibe. You know, <laughs> it was more about the vibe than it really was the snacks. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. Because <laughs> we hung out at my friend, um, my friend's house, and they didn't have a lot of money. It was very obvious. It wasn't the cleanest house. It wasn't like it was dirty or anything. I mean, I've been in yeah. a house that's been dirty and it had like weeds growing into the house. It was really oh sick. Oh my gosh. Like bad. But this wasn't like that. It was just, you know, unkempt, you know, and they didn't have like all the premium channels or anything like that. They had furniture that had like tears and stuff in it. It was, you know, they lived in our neighborhood, but I think they rented the house. I don't even think they owned it. They might have, but I think they rented it. You know, and it was everybody wanted to hang out there because it was just cool and chill and laid back. It wasn't about yeah. what they had; it was just about the vibe. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so later at family dinner, Angela talks about how awkward chewing is and how people just do it like in public. <laughs> Which, yeah. if you think about it, it's true. You're like, it is kind yeah. of weird. You're putting something in your mouth and you're mashing it up, and it's kind of yeah. gross. You know, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do like at the beginning of this scene too how she says I cannot bring myself to eat a balanced meal in front of my mom because it would mean too much to her. Yes. <laughs> just that like that total mother daughter just anything you can do to piss each other off at that age. Is- she's like lately I just want to I can't look at my mother without wanting to stab her repeatedly. Yeah. She's like just <laughs> using her fork and slamming it down on the plate just <laughs> like she's just stabbing her mom. Oh, I love it. <laughs> this is where we meet her little sister Danielle. Played by 12-year-old Lisa Will Hoyt, which I don't know if you know this. If you listen to her voice, and I was watching Family Guy, and I was like, that voice sounds familiar. And it was Lisa Will Hoyt. She plays Connie D'Amico on Family Guy, which is like Meg's bully. Oh, how funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, she's done a lot of other uh, voices there. I think she did get Kim Kardashian on Family Guy and stuff. But mainly it's Connie, and she's the bully to Meg. on. Oh, no. It's so weird. Funny. And she doesn't sound that different. Like her voice is just slightly deeper than it is mm-hmm. in the show in My So Called Life. So it's just, she sounds exactly the same. It's really weird. Too funny. <laughs> I love the, her dad, Graham, Graham Chase, whatever. He played. He's played by Tom Irwin, who I thought was mega hot. Um, I was so into him at that time. <laughs> he was a nice looking dad. He yeah. really was. I was just like, hello. Well, not at that time. At that time, I was like, oh, he's a dad. But like later yeah. on, when I rewatched it, like in my 20s, I was like, God, he's hot. Um, <laughs> and then I've seen him now and they're like, oh, he's not aged as well as I thought. No. Aw. Yeah, it sucks. But he he was best known for a show called China Beach. Do you remember that oh, show? Yeah, I remember China Beach. It was about like nurses. It's almost like the mash of the Vietnam War. Yeah. In a way, but it wasn't funny. It was just a drama, but. Anyway, so he's kind of like this dad that wants to be hip with his daughter, you know, you know, buddy, buddy with her. And he's like talking about life. And he's like social world, wild parties, Axel Rose. And I'm like, ooh, even that was like, it felt so awkward. It'd be me like if I had a kid now saying, you know, isn't that hip or cool? And you know, don't you just love like. All, I don't know. I don't even I, I, some stupid celebrity. Don't you just yeah. love Cardi B? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's great. You yeah, know. Shut up, dad. <laughs> oh, God. He's really trying. But it's kind it, of endearing, you know. <laughs> like it's, yeah, he's trying. He like, really oh. wants to connect with her. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're talking about uh, Angela's hair and the change and the mom's still being passive aggressive saying, we'll always be able to spot you in a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my mom would say that crap too. There's this like awkwardness with her father when Angela's leaving the bathroom later on in a towel. Yeah. And she's like, you know, it's lately my breasts have come between us. And I was like, you don't really have breasts, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> First <laughs> no of all, offense. there's that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, uh, I Claire Danes, you don't have big boobies. You just know this. Nope. And it's never been that way. And nope. I don't and at this point, you really don't. He's trying to talk to her. Like he's like fumbling and dropping stuff. And he's <laughs> like, you know, how how's school? How's how's school going? And she's like, well, I'm starting to like Anne Frank. And he's like, oh, really? Is she a sophomore, too? She's like, no, she's dead. He's like, and he's like, oh, oh. right. And he, she was like, and Frank, dad. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's right. It's such an awkward scene because it's like, I don't know. It makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Why is he so freaked out? Like, right? it's his daughter. Yeah. And he even's I, like, you know, Tells the mom later on in bed, he's like, can you just tell her to not walk around in a towel or get her a bigger towel? Yeah. It's weird that it it bothers him so much. I know. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of, I don't know. <laughs> it's a little creepy Or maybe he me. just doesn't want to feel like he's lingering talking to his daughter while she's in a towel. And it feels, maybe that feels weird to him, you know? True. Yeah. I guess I can see that he doesn't want to seem pedophile and incestuous like, or whatever, you know? Yeah. I, could, I, could, I guess I could see it from that point of view, but it's kind of like, what? Damn. I don't know. You know, and the the mom's still kind of lamenting about how she's what's she going, what's Angela, what's she doing with her life, kind of thing, and you know, dyeing her hair. And the dad's like, it could be worse. She could be cutting class, doing drugs, or having sex like we did. And you know, her mom's just like, I never cut class, and you never had sex in high school. And she's just doing this to get a rise out of me. You know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not true. And she's like, it's just so hard to look at her. She looks like a stranger. Yeah. So dramatic. It is. But it's like, and he looks at her like, God, that's, she's not a stranger. She's her daughter. She's just yeah. going through. It, it's amazing to me how parents still, in every show or movie or something, kids go through things the same way through every generation. There might be just, technology might be different. There might be some, you know, different aspects to it a little bit but it's all basically the same you're still trying to find yourself and figure things out and it amazes me that they did they completely forget that right i feel like these parents are fairly young parents too so it's not like it was that long ago that they were going through all this stuff to completely forget about it but i do think i don't know i am not a parent so i don't know but i i feel like you know, your priorities probably change and you want something better for your kids than maybe you had. So you have these hopes and dreams. And then when they don't do what you want them to do, then you're like, man, <laughs> I can't even look at her. <laughs> I can't even look at her. She had to go and change her hair. Ah. She her hair. <laughs> ah. Like, yeah, you want to change, you know. I don't, it's it's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them and what they're going through. It's nothing yeah. to do with you, you know, and that's what's, and that's the thing. When they get to a certain age, it stops being about you, I guess that maybe that's what it is because the parents are there to guide their child. And at some point that child starts to say, I'm making my own decisions now. And this is my life. This is my body. And you know, yeah, and maybe I definitely, that's what it is. I definitely think there is, there always is that kind of mother daughter dynamic, especially like 
when the daughter starts to go through, you know, puberty and start to discover who they are. There's, there's always seems to be some kind of clash there. And they play that up a lot, I think, in my so-called life. Oh, they really do. And, but, you know, that's the way it is. It's like, there's always the boy, you know, if there's a boy, it's the boy is always attached to the mom. And if there's a girl, the girl's always attached to the the dad. And this is just in real life. This just happens all the time. Yeah. And, you know, um, daddy's girl, mama's boy. And uh, then you have usually the dads will try to be attached to the boy, but the boy ends up rebelling against the dad. And then the same thing for the daughter. The daughter rebels against the mom because ultimately we become our parents, you know, and you yeah. don't want to be. And since that one's the one that's the same sex as you and you, you, you see all the their flaws or the things you don't like about them, even though you love them. You don't want to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I can't explain it. I'm not a damn psychologist. Um, <laughs> I think there's also a little bit of competition too, right? Because we find out that Patty was like super popular and Angela's obviously not that way. So I think there's also that kind of like maybe a little bit of jealousy that, you know, my mom had it so easy and I'm struggling so hard, you know, mm-hmm. in high school type of thing. And it kind of makes you think like, you know, seeing where Sharon's storyline takes her later on. You know, they're sophomores, so they're still kind of early on in high school years. But I wonder if Angela hadn't changed and still hung around Sharon, had she, would she have become popular? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. By association, even, even by association. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, obviously that's not what she wants, but I digress. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it cuts to school and Angela's leaning against the locker and she's looking over and she says, I'm in love. His name is Jordan Catalano. He was left back twice. Once I almost touched his shoulder in the middle of a pop quiz. He's always closing his eyes like it hurts to look at things. (laughs) And she's just staring at him. And I'm like, is he high? Because he's putting in eye drops. Right, probably. He's probably stoned. And one thing always bothered me about this line was that he was left back twice. How old is he? But the thing is, I never heard the term left back. Oh, I've I would heard have been that. held back. Mm. Held back from graduating or held back from going to the next yeah. grade. Left back sounds like left behind. <laughs> we just left him back there. <laughs> we left him back there. He's back, there, you know. I guess oh, that's yeah. what it is. He was left back by his upper his fellow classmen. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it. I, f- I feel like we said both. I feel like we said held back, left back. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Maybe it's a California thing. <laughs> and maybe it is. I don't know. It's even though this is supposed to take place like in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's where the show takes place. Oh. At Liberty High. Liberty, obviously. I guess it's weird because you would think Liberty would be Philadelphia. Right. But huh. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> boo boo boo. So she's staring at Jordan. Jordan walks off, and that's when she looks over and sees Sharon and Sharon looks at her like, Oh my God, your hair, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of like this freeze between them. And that's when Rayanne kind of, I don't know what it is, but Rayanne sees it and says, Hey Angela, come talk to me for a sec. Yeah. And it pulls her into the bathroom. And I'm like, is this out of jealousy? Is this to pull Angela out of this awkward stare down or which is probably both actually. Yeah, I think once we get to know Rianne a little bit better, I think it's probably a little bit more more jealousy, kind of possessiveness over Angela. Mm-hmm. This is my new friend, you know. Like, yeah, she's my girlfriend, not yours. Yeah, yeah. So they go into the bathroom where they meet often, 
And she just turns to Angela and says, you want to have sex with him? And Angela's like, who? She goes, who? Jordan Catalano? You know? And she's like, come on, we're going to go to this party tonight or the next night. And, you know, Jordan Catalano is going to be there. And, you know, Angela's like, Rayanne always knows who's going to be there. And there's always that friend who's the one who knows everything about what's going on. Yep. In school. There's always that friend who's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so is going to be there. And so I'm like, you know, those people, you're like, they're always, they might not even be the popular person, but they know what's going on. Yeah. They've got all the info. <laughs> All the 411. Oh my God, that's so old. Um, <laughs> do people even dial 411 anymore? Do, I don't even know if it exists anymore. I what wonder. Because you, you got Google now. Like, what do you need 411 for? I know. It's, I guess maybe older people do. Because a lot of people just, they just don't want to use the damn search engine. I'm like, you just True. type it in. My mom yeah. just doesn't want to do it. I'm like, she, I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm like, well, what are you looking for? She was like, I'm looking for this. I'm like, well, then type that in. <laughs> and she'll, she makes it this big complex. Oh, how do I search? I'm like, you type in what you're looking for. She's thinking she's got to type some magic words in. It's going to bring, I'm like, no. Just, <laughs> just whatever you're in. thinking, just type it in there. If, you're not, if you type in a lot and it doesn't bring up what you want, then shorten that down. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll see. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. Anyway. So, yes, yeah, like I said before, Sharon cannot believe that Angela dyed her hair without telling her. And she's still kind of hanging around Sharon a little bit, but it's like, eh, it's, yeah. you can tell there's a disconnect. So they go to um, yearbook committee and while they're there, you know, Brian's lurking. Brian Krakow is lurking and taking pictures of people. Just everybody. He's always focusing on Angela. And Angela, oh, she hides her hair. I love this shot. I know. She pulls up her sweater. And you see inside the sweater with her looking Mm -hmm. around and seeing everybody through the sweater. And she talks about, and there's a good line here, too. She goes, you know, my parents keep asking how school was. It's like saying, how was that drive-by shooting? (laughs) You don't care how it was. You're lucky to get out alive. Yeah. (laughs) Which probably had a very different meaning back then, you know? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, if you think about it, mm-hmm. there's even an episode coming up that has like, oh, yeah. it feels yeah. very familiar, and it's very much before the Columbine era, you know. So yeah. it's it's very ahead of its time. But anyway, so they're making they're taking votes on, I guess, a yearbook theme or whatever. And Angela is the only one who hasn't voted, and they're like, Angela, why didn't you vote? She was like, I don't want to be in your book anymore. And she says, why? She was like, I just, I don't know why. And then she just leaves. That final shot of her by Brian, like this awkwardness, like caught in the act kind of look, you know? Yeah. Very TMZ before TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> TMZ for high school. So, you know, it guts to, and it's the next day, I guess. And Patty's like, I thought you liked your book. Your room is a disaster. And she's like, I don't really like your book that much. She's like, oh, come on. And then, you know, Angela just basically leaves the room while Patty's picking stuff. And she was like, Angela, I am not cleaning this up. She says, as she picks up clothes and and she's like, oh, she throws it down. Yes, you You are. You're cleaning that. And you can see the look on her face, too, where she's like, shit, now I'm my mother. You know, like. Exactly. that realization you realize i'm guessing i'm like i i don't know if i'll ever have a kid so i don't know if i'll ever know if i'll turn into my mom you know and oh i know i know i'm gonna know when it happens though you know yeah. you know when it happens 
you've got to know when it happens. I know there's instances now just being an adult where I've said yeah. things that my mom or my dad have said, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Not not parenting wise, but there are definitely things that I, I do and I'm like, oh shit, I'm my mom. <laughs> it just happens. You're like, damn you to hell. <laughs> Why have you done this to me? You have forsaken me. <laughs> Why mom? I don't Oh man, I'm definitely more like my mom anyway. I was closer to her. It was two boys in my house. So mm-hmm. obviously one of them is going to be closer to the one of the other parent, you know? Yeah. Of course, I was the baby, so it was going to be my mom. Yeah. So you hear my little isms and whatnot. That's mostly my mom. Most of the way I talk. Aww. It is. Yeah. Mama Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. No. Mm-mm. No. No. Um, I don't know if I'd want to be called dad or papa. I do not want to be called daddy by anybody. No, that, that term is just. It just feels wrong now. <laughs> I don't even like little kids saying daddy. Yeah. I just don't like it. I've never liked it. And the thing is, in the South, you have grown men calling their 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 fathers are daddy and their moms are mama. I call my mom mama. I do. Mm-hmm. But you, I never called my dad daddy. I don't ever, ever remember calling him daddy. It was yeah, always our, dad. Our dad was always dad, too. I don't know. It's, that feels weird. It's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a visitor. Sorry. Oh, you have a kitty visitor? <laughs> uh, my dog. Oh, the dog. The dog. The dog. There is no dog in my so-called life, by the way, which I thought was weird. Yeah. There's, you know, they have, I think at some point they mentioned like getting pet food, but you've never seen a pet. Oh, yeah. I think we're seeing a, a pet. <laughs> I know there's never seen, you never see the pet. There's one yeah. around, apparently. Ghost <laughs> cat. Anyway. So, yeah, she's mad and whatnot. And then at school, Ricky is putting on eyeliner in the girl's bathroom as Rayanne puts on lipstick on Angela. And uh, they're talking about Jordan, of course. And and Rayanne asks Ricky to give the male perspective on Jordan. And the first thing that Ricky says is, don't you love how he leans? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's what, what Angela says. He's, he leans great. You know, and oh, my God, I love that. Don't you love how he leans? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he always just oh. stares off into, obli- into oblivion. Yeah. Jared Leto I, was perfect for that. With those big ass eyes of his, he just looked like mm-hmm. an idiot. He does. Yeah. He naturally looks dumb if you look at him in the face. He just he does. He does. But adorably so. <laughs> yeah. Back then. I don't know about now, but back then. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely back then. You know, because again, just this whole like ideal of, you know, your first major teenage crush is just kind of. We kind of all crushed with Jordan Catalano along with Angela. <laughs> you know what's funny? I didn't really – I wasn't really attracted to Jordan. Oh, man. I was. At that time. Which you would think <laughs> – I just wasn't. You know? I, I don't know. Something – I think because I knew his personality and he was – you know, I, I, I'm i more of a personality person. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think they need to be somewhat physically appealing, obviously, but – and when I get to know somebody's personality, it's when they become attractive to me. That's just who yeah. I am. And he's, I mean, he sucks big time. Like, he really sucks, but he's just so cute to look at. <laughs> yeah, he really does suck. And you're just like, oh, you know, he does have some redeeming qualities at times, but most of the part, yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Anyway, so the bell rings the second time. She's, oh my God, that's the second bell. And she starts running out and she stops and she looks and Ricky and Rand are just like, what the fuck are you, where are you going? And, you know, Angela's still a good girl. She's like, uh, I might as well just go to bio since I'm not really 
doing anything. Mm -hmm. And she runs out and she runs to class and she runs by some random cheerleader who's crying in the hall. I know. It's just just so like, yep, that's high school. (laughs) It is. And you're like, I want to know what happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What happened? What happened to the cheerleader? (laughs) (laughs) There's this random montage of Brian Krakow. And raising his hand constantly and answering questions in each class, which is funny. I loved it. He was like, you know, who can tell me this? And he'll answer a question. And it's like in science class and he raises his hand and then he answers an English question. And then mm-hmm. it goes, it's actually in English and it just keeps cutting to. And then um, it goes into English and Angela's daydreaming, just staring at a light that's flickering above her. The teachers talk about Anne Frank and whatnot. Oh, and she says, this is, oh my God, it's the most horrible. Ugh. So oh, embarrassing. It is. Just wrong. And Angela is sitting there and she's barely listening. And the teacher says, in general to the class, how would you describe Anne Frank? And Angela says to herself, lucky. Mm. And you're like, whoa. She goes, is that supposed to be funny, Angela? How on earth could you make a statement like that? And that's when Jordan enters the room. And they notice that teacher even rolls her eyes at him because he came in late. And she was Anne Frank perished in a concentration camp. Anne Frank is a tragic figure. How can Anne Frank be lucky? And Angela just kind of goes, um, I don't know, because she was trapped in an attic for three years with this guy she really liked. That's just so vapid. <laughs> That's not lucky. <laughs> uh, I love like, it, though, because she's not like she's not dumb. But she just says something so stupid because she's just so obsessed. Like all of her focus is just like on this boy she likes. <laughs> like all other perspective goes out the window. I know all of it, and you know, and you're like, that's the only answer you can think of. Like, I mean, obviously she's she was literally thinking that she was lucky to be with that guy she liked and mm-hmm. trapped there with him. You know, she was thinking about that. That's the only thing she was thinking about, and she didn't think about the whole aspect of Anne Frank. She was just thinking about that one little aspect because she was obsessed with a boy. And that's yep. the and she honestly answered like because she was trapped with a guy she liked. Well, later on, you know that same teacher, Mrs. Mayhew, who is also the yearbook sponsor, is having mm-hmm. a talk with Angela while eating her lunch, which because there's cutbacks this. and she doesn't get a lunch on certain days, which is a typical American high school thing. Yeah. You got to give up a lunch hour, which I'm like, really? You know, but it's true, guys. If you're fr- if you're listening in another country and your teacher gets a lunch hour, good for them. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's funny how she goes. It's like seeing how seeing your teacher's actual lunch is really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like a, like a sandwich or something, right? It's like, like tuna fish or something. Yeah. I think I don't know. She's talking about your appearances altered. You quit your book and the thing you said about Anne Frank and, and Angela just kind of says how she doesn't know what her personality or her identity is. And she says, you know, like with your book, everyone's in this big hurry to make this book supposedly about to remember what happened, but it isn't what really happened. It's about what everybody thinks is supposed to happen. Because if you made a book about what really happened, it'd be a really upsetting book. (laughs) Like it's, that's true. It's yeah. true. It's, it's like Angel, a, shut up. <laughs> I love it though, because like she can be so insightful like that, but then say something stupid like Anne Frank is lucky because she got to spend three years with the boy she likes. She's very insightful. <laughs> that's what tells you she's really smart. Mm-hmm. She's smart because she yeah she understands what she's going through as she's going through it, and mm-hmm. you know, and puts it in a way 
to where you can understand it, even if you're not going through it, you know? Yeah. So later on at home, Angela explains how her dad works for her mom's printing company, even though he was supposed to go to chef school, but he never did for some reason. And Patty is his boss, which ugh, not good. That dynamic mm-hmm. is not good. No, he doesn't really get a say around the house or even at work. You know, that's basically what it is. He doesn't yeah. have a say in his life. And, um, but the dad still like is trying to keep their family together and he's telling, you know, Angela, don't give your mom such a hard time. She just wants everybody to be happy. And he's like, no, that's you. He's <laughs> yeah. like, just, he's like, just be nicer to her as an experiment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And that's when Angela moves in for the kill. So there's this thing at a friend of Rianne's house, uh, this play we might all do for extra credit. And I know I'm not supposed to go on school nights, but I really want to go. I won't be home late, you know, mm-hmm. and she <laughs> cut to the party. <laughs> Dad yeah. falls for it or gives in at least. And this party is raging in someone's backyard. Now, how would this happen in a suburban neighborhood? Like it's mayhem and there's a live band and right. they're outside. On a school night at a high school party. <laughs> no one does anything like. Right. <laughs> the cops aren't called and like broken. I mean, this thing is going on for a while. Like, is there, is this a, like a neighborhood where there's a bunch of abandoned houses or, or old people live by and they don't care? I don't right. Know. Yeah. And it's never really, saw a party like that in high school. <laughs> I know. I never went to a party like that. No live band, if anything. No. It's just a boom box and, you know, mm-hmm. some CDs. <laughs> <laughs> That stack of CDs or the folder of CDs. <laughs> Going back and rewatching this, I was like, God, I'm old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, CDs, guys. CDs. I was watching mm-hmm. Dawson's Creek and Dawson like brought some. I was watching Dawson's Creek, eh? But, um, <laughs> and Dawson like goes to like the, the music store and he's bringing some CDs to sell them. And one of them was like Vanilla Ice. Oh my and God. <laughs> he was like, I was 10. I was like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> vanilla ice. I mean, wow. I think I had vanilla ice on cassette. That's how old I am. <laughs> I had snow. Remember snow? Informer. You don't get yep. blame. I like you boom, boom down. Um, I don't, I used to know a lot of those lyrics. I don't, I don't know them now, but I had that, that single cassette single. Cassette, yeah. Oh my God. Those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> Well, anyway, so yeah, Angela spots Rayanne drinking and partying and she's trying to go over to her. Now, Angela's wearing this very, the only way I can describe it is a very Willow Rosenberg type dress. Oh yeah, totally. Just very plain. Good Mm -hmm. to see you've seen the softer side of Sears type dress, you know? Right. (laughs) And this is pre-Buffy. And she's just walking around, you know, she's got her red hair, but she just looks very plain. Yeah. And she's trying to dress up for a party, which it's. That's not what you do in high school. You don't dress like that anyway. A nice dress no. or whatnot. Some guys like jumping that's around. That's all she's got. Yeah. What'd you say? And that's all she's got, I feel like, at this point. Because she was kind of like in the very opening scene. She's a little bit more, not frumpy, but just kind of wholesome, which I think is probably the clothes that Patty's been buying for her her whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, this is this is what she's got right now. She doesn't have many options, that's for sure. 
But um, yeah, some some guy is jumping around on stage and he stage dives and goes to the ground and it knocks Angela into a a mud puddle, which I'm guessing it's beer. I'm assuming and hoping it's just beer. Yeah. That she gets knocked and she gets it all over her. And you're like, oh, man, she just got there. And the second she does walking through the crowd, boom, right into a mud. Ugh, sucks. So she goes inside to clean up. And it's really quiet inside. And she walks in. She sees Jordan sitting there watching TV, which I don't know if you noticed what was on the TV. Uh Uh-uh. It was the Divinals I Touch Myself music video. (laughs) Nice. He's watching that with the sound off. Why? I don't know. But he's watching it. he's high. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably what it is. But she's like, oh, my God. And she's trying to leave the room. She goes to the the French doors next to her and it's locked. And she's like, shit, I can't go. Uh. So she just sits down. She's covered mm-hmm. up. She had mud splattered in her face and all over her dress. And like, oh, you look horrible. And he just randomly goes, this doesn't seem like a Friday. <laughs> and she goes, it's Thursday. And he says, oh, are you sure? <laughs> and she says, well, yesterday was Wednesday. so." He goes, oh, right. And she goes, so that's how I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it felt like me, because I'm so awkward when talking to people. Obviously, you heard at the beginning of this, I'm like, "Uh, you know, does not compute. I don't know. But God. (laughs) And this is like their first real conversation, too, right? Yeah. The first time they really exchange words instead of her just staring at him from down the hall. I mean, how could you not notice some girl staring at you all the time? Right. Because you're leaning and your eyes are closed. (laughs) Yeah. He leans great. Do you love how he leans? (laughs) (laughs) So some guy shows up right after that and is like, hey, this, this party bites. Let's go. And he gets up to leave. And I'm like, oh, you missed your shot, girl. But I mean, honestly, would she have had a shot? She had mud all over her. Like, yeah. What could you do in that at that moment when you're covered with mud? Meanwhile, at home, Patty's chewing out Graham for letting her go out on a school night. She goes, and she goes, "Why do I always have to be the mean one? Why can't you be the mean one?" And he was like, "I can't be." She goes, "But you never are." And she's like, "I know she loves you more." <laughs> He's like, she doesn't love me more. Yes, she does. She loves you more. I accept that. Oh, Patty. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're like, oh, my Lord, this conversation. It's very high school almost in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just let her snow you. And and Angela shows up. She's covered in mud. And her hair's all disheveled and whatever. And they're freaking out. And it's mainly Patty freaking out. She says, oh, my God, what happened to you? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then Angela's like looking at her dad. Didn't you explain it to her? And her mom goes, excuse me, you explain it to her. <laughs> and uh, just the arguments ensues. And then poor Danielle. She's oh like, oh, my God, what's going on? And the dad's like, shut up. And she goes, what did I do? Goes, I'm sorry, sweetheart. You know, you're like, oh, poor little Danielle. She's, She's always, always so fighting for attention. And like, they just completely ignore her all, all the, the time. time. See, I felt like the thing is, I understood Angela. Like my role in life was like, okay, obviously I'm I'm seeing high school life at this time and I was in junior high, but still the same thing. But I was totally Danielle. Like, look at me. Hey, look at me. I exist. Look at me. Hello. You know, it's really sad. But Aww. like the mom's like, how do you expect her to have any respect for me? You know, and that's when Angela goes, I respect you. God, nothing happened. 
I fell in some mud. I'm all right. And they all just kind of look at each other. And that's when the dad's like, I think we should just all go to bed. And he turns off the light and then he goes upstairs. Patty leaves the room. And that's when Danielle's standing there staring at Angela. She goes, what really happened? <laughs> Little insightful, Danielle. <laughs> she knows. She knows stuff yeah. is up. Like, what's really going on? Which I love that about Danielle. But at the same time, you kind of hate her at the same time. Because <laughs> yeah, you kind of see her through Angela's eyes. Like, oh, pesky little brat. Mm-hmm. So the next day at lunch, Rayanne tells Angela that there's a rave at the club. Let's bolt. What a name. Right. Let's bolt. Let's bolt. Which that's such a 90s term. Oh, yeah. You know, no one would say, no one would understand what that is. Gen Z would be like, what? What's that? Like, let's get out of here. Like, let's, yeah. Vamos, you know, get the hell out. I Um, can totally picture this club too. Just so grungy and wonderfully 90s. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, man. So she says Jordan will be there and she doesn't have to worry about what she has to say to him because you won't be able to hear anything. You can't hear anything at Let's Bolt. It's too loud. Perfect. Perfect. Perfection. So that's when Angela says the cafeteria is the embarrassment capital of the world. It's like a prison movie, which it is. (laughs) Yeah. And Brian Krakow gets his food slammed into his chest on purpose. Poor Krakow. I wrote on purposes. I sound like that chick from the damn Love Actually. <laughs> Purposes. Remember that? She kept saying everything wrong. I don't know. Love Actually. Yeah, yeah. Colin Firth's the, the Portuguese. Oh, yeah. Was she Portuguese? Yes. Okay. And Over, she was on Aurelia. Purposes? Yeah. <laughs> My answers is yes. Oh. My answers is yes. Sweet. That would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Yes. I watch that okay, movie every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. So Angela's like, I don't know what to wear. And Ryan says, you have to look tough because someone once set fire to her hair at Let's Bolt. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what is Ryan's life? Like, <laughs> jeez. I don't know. Like, how does she survive so far? You know, I mean, and what else has she seen and done? Right? I kind of want a prequel. Right? That would be cool. I know. But they're so young. It's like, oh, it'd be really disturbing. True. Goes to the bathroom. And this is where I love this conversation. Because there's a girl Mm -hmm. that's like coming out of the stall. She's like, so what's fat free? And this other girl's (laughs) smoking. She's like, when something is like free of fat. And the same girl goes, well, what's the difference between fat free and like non-fat? And girl three, who's Bianca Lawson, by the way. From Buffy. From right? Buffy and mm-hmm. everything else and Pretty Little Liars and stuff. She's played a teenager for like 30 years. <laughs> she really has. It's Yeah. She's I didn't know she was in question. Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, she was apparently. I didn't I didn't know that until I just happened to see her uh, resume, I guess. But and she's like, good question. And they leave. And I'm like, that was it. That was the only line she had in the show. That was probably one of her first roles. And, and then she was the vampire slayer. <laughs> well, she was actually on Say by the Bell, the new class. Oh. Two. Yeah. Okay. She was the resident black girl. Because uh, they all had the, you know, the archetypes and stuff they kept trying to recreate. Yep. And they kept having like the Zach Morris character and they kept getting rid of him and getting a new one. And then they got rid of him. And they got a new one. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> I don't wow. think I ever watched the new class. It's not good. Yeah. It was no Say by the Bell 2020 anyway, but which I'm still pissed about that, but we'll not get into that right now. Yeah. 
<sighs> R.I.P. That's sad. So Angela wonders what she can tell her parents so she can go. And Rand's like, well, you can just, you know, stay at my place. And that way it's not a lie because you can't stay over because my mom won't be there. And that's when her ex-bestie Sharon enters the bathroom and Rayanne leaves. And Angela just tries to say hi to Sharon. And Sharon's like, whatever. That kind of look. She Mm -hmm. isn't having it. She ends up chewing out Angela, saying that everyone's talking about her and that Angela thinks she's better than everyone. And Rayanne is God to her. She just does everything she says. And she's just using Angela, Angela like she did with Jody Barsh. And this is such a real thing that somebody would say. She's oh, like, well, yeah. What did she do to Jody Barsh? She was like, oh, please. That's like so known. <laughs> such an obvious lie. I know. Everyone knows. Everyone knows. Like, well, then tell me. I don't, you know. Sharon's getting all teary-eyed. She was like, what did I do, Angela? Just tell me what I did. What you know, what I do? And Angela's starting to cry. She was like, she can't explain it. And they're, you know, just tearing up. And she goes, God, your hair. Did Patty, like, hemorrhage the first time she saw it? And Angela's like, she starts to smile. She's thinking, Sharon's trying to bond with me now. She was like, in a sense, you know. And she goes, well, I have to say, I hate it. Yeah, right. That's her zinger before she finally leaves all of a sudden. Yeah. Damn. Damn, Sharon. But you feel this whole scene. You feel oh, that friendship yeah. break up. That's just a, oh, man. And just the look on Angela's face. God, Claire Danes is such a good actress, even at 15. Just her facial expressions. You're just like, oh, you're just, you really feel it, you know? I know. She's always been great. I've always, yeah, I've always Amazing. respected her acting ability. So at dinner that night, Patty's like, I want to go ice skating. How about that? Let's do a little family bonding, blah, 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 you know? But everyone's like, I have plans. Danielle wants to watch a movie. <laughs> and she's like, there's this movie I want to watch tonight. It's like this girl who does obscene phone calls as like her job. And everybody's just looking at her like, what? <laughs> this girl's like 11 or 10. And Graham's like, he's going to go shoot pool with his brother, Neil. And Patty's like, that's weird. You know, you don't ever hang out with your brother this often. And then you keep hearing Danielle in the background. So it's like, and then like someone tries to like kill her like over the phone. (laughs) And nobody's listening. Everybody's like, what the fuck? Shut up. (laughs) Like they hear her, but they just ignore her. I know. And then Angela brings up over sleeping over at Rayanne's. So I can watch it, right? (laughs) And it's like, they keep having this conversation. I can, right? I can watch it, right? She's bringing it up. Patty thinks that, no, that rude girl that was over here, she was, she's not rude. She is. She ate She ate my cheese. I had this whole block of cheese. She devoured it. <laughs> I'm like, you, you offered, offered that, you cheese. dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah. Here's some cheese. She was, I have met this Rayanne girl once. I do not know her. I do not know her parents, which remember those days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me call. Let me call their mom. Make sure it's okay. Well, I mean- and you would just say you talk to them once over the phone and you'd be fine to go hang out over there. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, no, no, no. Which no. I don't know why. I mean, you have phones. You're more connected to your kids than ever nowadays. Like, Yeah. I mean, I understand you want to know people that your kids go and hang out at. You know, you want to know the neighborhood they live in or what type of person they are. But you can get that. But I don't know. It seems like people are really overprotective of their kids nowadays. Yeah. Well, kids get kidnapped all the time. I'm like, no, they don't. You think they do because of social media and, and the news. You can connect, connect with news yeah. sources anywhere. It's not like – it's not that different, I don't think. 
Yes, no, they were different. getting kidnapped back then too. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were totally getting kidnapped back then. <laughs> yeah. You know what you do? You teach your kids to like, you know, stranger danger stuff. You know, you yeah. don't just, you know, I don't think anybody's teaching their kids this stuff any, anymore. No. They're so overprotected. Just- they don't know how to like spot danger. Right. They're just, every minute is scheduled too with freaking activities. I didn't have any activities growing up. We had to make our own activities. <laughs> I know. You might have had one thing, one after school thing, maybe, you know, but yeah. it wasn't like constantly going, going, going. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Graham, dad is, Graham, dad, <laughs> dad is rooting for Angela. Angela explains that her parents went to the same high school, but they didn't know each other then. And Graham implies that Patty was popular. He says, like, they had to change the date of the prom because your mom was having her appendix out. Meanwhile, I couldn't get a girl to look at me. And that just pisses Patty off. Yeah. Like, she just, I think she, he probably keeps bringing this stuff up over and over. Yeah. You were popular. I wasn't. Yeah. And she kind of resents it. Like, what school is going to change an entire dance for one freaking student? Come on. (laughs) She was, I didn't tell them to change the date of the dance, but was she on the prom committee? Or was the prom committee, she was part of the whole group, and they were like, we have to change it. She's had her appendix out. Yeah. I don't, that just seems like a last minute thing that you can't just do that. Because right. like, getting your appendix out, it's usually you don't because plan your appendix that. is about to burst or something, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. So doing all that last minute, you imagine all the people who had to like reschedule their limo rentals and any kind okay. of like reservations they had. The venue, unless it was at the school, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, there's no way they changed the damn. I don't understand that. No. I think that was all, it was probably a rumor. Yeah. She's having her appendix out. We had to change the date of the prom. Like, oh. or did they lose the venue and they had to find a new venue yeah. or something like that, you know? Right. <laughs> That's probably more like it. What do you guys think? Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Your your prom theories. <laughs> what are your prom theories? Why did they change the date of the prom for Patty? Or did they change it for Patty? Let us know. <laughs> Hit me up at Dustin underscore holding on Twitter. Um, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so Angela see, says that, well, you don't have to drive us because Ricky's cousin said he'll drive us. She goes, oh, well, Ricky's cousin. Well, that eases my mind. <laughs> And she's like, you don't know this Ricky. She's quit calling him this Ricky. And he goes, I find Ricky a little confusing. She was okay, so maybe he's bi. Who cares? His cousin can still drive. Bi? What? <laughs> you hear, you these, hear these terms she's throwing around? <laughs> bi? And that's when Danielle pipes up. It means bisexual. Yeah. God love you, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> and the dad's like, he's bisexual? <laughs> And the mom pulls this crap. He can't be by anything. He's a child. He's obviously confused. Why is it always somebody's confused when they're gay or bi, but if they're straight, they're not confused? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They don't know what love is until they turn 17 or 18 somehow. Yeah. That's when they know what love is. And even then sometimes, no, they don't know what love is. Like, well, maybe they do. Yeah. That's always bothered me. Yeah. And he was like, he wears eyeliner he, was, he does he wears eyeliner and <laughs> so this for angela angela's like i thought you were my side and graham's like i'm not on anyone's side and patty goes graham grow up choose a side i love that so much it's such a family argument oh yeah such <laughs> a family argument perfect 
Angela grabs her bag and is halfway out the door. Like she's just going to get all the, I'm going, I don't care. She's basically, I'm going, I don't care what you say, but she kind of waits. She's waiting for that approval still, you know? And poor Danielle is just wanting attention, doing a headstand. Jesus. You see her feet in the background. Yeah. She's just trying to do his handstand. Dad, dad, are you looking? Dad, dad, are you looking? Are you looking? Patty's like, fine, just go to your damn friend's house and you go have shoot pool with your brother or wherever the hell you're going. And she gets pissed off. She leaves the room. Dad, dad, are you looking? Oh, <laughs> so outside waiting for Ricky's cousin, Angela changes to her more risque outfit in the bushes. And this is where Brian Krakow, for some reason, is riding his bike in the street in the middle of the night. I don't know why, but it's kind of strange. Brian Crackle is strange, so he's he's an odd duck. He also just hangs out in trees sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, and he sees her riding her, you know, sitting there. He's like, you know what? You look better before. She's like, oh, like I'm devastated, like I am. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> this is just a strange conversation between the two of them. It is. It's yeah. It's very. You could tell they were old friends. Yeah. At some point, and. He, he belittles her about going and hang out with her. Oh, look at me. I'm hanging out with my way cool friends to go watch a floor, floor wax. Like, what? <laughs> and she's putting on makeup. That's right. Cover that zit. She's like, want me to do yours? He goes, ouch, that really hurt. <laughs> and then he asks, who are you waiting for? Catalano? And she stops like, what? How did he know? Right. And she tells him, I'm going to Let's Bolt. And he tells her, you know, like, they'll really let you in for Let's Bolt. And he's circling around. She's like, quit it. Quit, you know, circling me. And he goes, stop acting. You're not stupid. It's a stupid act. And she goes, everyone's an act, including you. Like, Ooh. Sassy. She gets in the car. And then Ray Ann's in the car. Where she's like, it's going to be an amazing light. You look so tough. So they go to Let's Bolt. And there's nobody there. Like, there's the parking lot's almost empty. Yeah. And they're just waiting outside and they start drinking, which, you know, Ricky isn't. He's like, and but that's the thing you notice about Ricky. He doesn't, he might hang around where he is, but he doesn't do everything she does. Yeah. Which is like, he's got his own, own he knows himself, you know? Yeah. And they're waiting for Tino, who doesn't show up, of course. Of course. Of course. We only hear about Tino. I was going to say, we don't ever actually see Tino, do we? No. You yeah, never see Tina. So. She's like Wallowitz's. He's like Wallowitz's mother on Big Bang Theory. You never see him. Um, but Wallowitz's mother, you at least hear. You don't. You don't hear Tino either. Mm-mm. You always just miss him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the elusive Tino. I know. Um, so they're getting drunk, and time is passing, and now they're drunk, and you hear a thunderstorm getting ready in the distance, and and. Uh, People are finally filling up the parking lot and then drunk Angela and Rayanne are trading shoes. And Ricky asks, you know, so if you were like going to do it, right? Like, what would you want the person to say like right before? And Rayanne's like, this won't take long. Oh, poor Rayanne. <laughs> she was like, no, really? He was like, don't I know you? Um, <laughs> she was no, like romantic. So Angela says, you're so beautiful. It hurts to look at you. Ricky, of course, likes it. Oh, Rayanne yeah. laughs and said, where would it hurt? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Rayanne. <laughs> Rayanne says, well, I'm going to go tell Jordan. She's yelling, Jordan, Jordan. She's running through the parking lot and they're laughing and, you know, Angela's chasing after her. And that's where 
Rayanne runs into some some, some skeevy guys. Mm-hmm. One in particular, really. But she's like, she's obviously drunk. You can look at her. You can tell. And Rayanne's like, hey, can you like get us in? My my friend's in there and he's got my keys. And they're like, you can't get in. And she's like, nah, whatever. And then one of the guys asks like how old they are and they're laughing. He then asks, hey, you guys want to go somewhere? And Rayanne's like, I don't know. Do you want to go somewhere? And turns to Angela. And the guy says, no, 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 not all three of you, just Rayanne and Angela, basically. They don't want Ricky. Red Angela flag, doesn't want to leave. I know. It's like, uh, <laughs> Angela does not want to leave Ricky behind. And you can tell Ricky is used to this from Rayanne. No. Ricky don't mind. He's like, I don't mind. Poor and Ricky. it's really sad. Like, it she is. disregards him all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Rayanne's world and we all live in it kind of thing. Right. And uh, this guy says to Rand that he wants to ask her something. Come here, I want to ask you something. And she's like, well, ask me from there. He goes, I want to ask you over here. And the friend is, that's with him is like, come on, let's go. They're too young. Let's leave them alone. Rand starts walking towards him and says, I don't take orders and I'm not stupid. And then he makes a pretty good point. But you came when I called for you. Yeah. Like, ooh. And that's when he grabs her, kisses her, then slams her up against this van and uh, pins her against the van and just starts kissing her neck. And you hear like a rip, like you probably yeah. heard dresses ripping. Mm-hmm. And that's when Angela's like, something was actually happening, but it was too actual. Like she didn't yeah. know what to do. She's frozen. That's when Angela, good for her, rubs up to get off of her and like pulls him off of Rianne. And it's like, he looks like he's going to do something to her, but, you know, the friend gets in the way. And Rand falls down. She says, I can take care of myself. And she throws the bottle of, I guess, whiskey she has and throws it. And it almost hits the guy in the head, smashing it against the car behind him. He's like, you're dead. And that's when a cop shows up and it's starting to rain. And Ricky's like, uh, um, he's like, I got to get out of here. But don't worry, she won't remember this because she blacks out when she drinks. I'm like, that's not good to know about your friend. No, at 15. <laughs> when she drinks, like, I don't even know when I had my first drink, but I think it was probably, maybe I was a freshman. How old was I? I don't remember the first time I got drunk. I do not remember this at all. <laughs> I black out when I drink. No, um, well, yeah. <laughs> no, mm, no, but I, I think, I don't know when. Maybe, but it was probably 15 or 16, not like. I had been doing it for years and this is what yeah. happens when I drink. You know what I mean? Like, do you remember when you first drank? Oh yeah. I was 18. I was already out of high school. Oh, okay. I didn't. I, I was like, I wasn't a total goody two shoes, but I, I went to a few parties in high school where people were getting drunk. I'm like, they are acting like idiots and I, I don't want to act that way. <laughs> so I got, I was never really into drinking or anything in high school, but Yeah. I, know. Yeah, I don't remember getting like drunk, drunk. I'm mean, only a couple of times, maybe, but that was like doing shots or something. It was only one on one, too. So usually I don't do it like parties. Probably had something, but I never really got drunk in high school, I don't think, except for like once. Anyway. So yeah, this cop shows up and he pulls, you know, the guys back. I don't know what he does with those guys, but he goes and he ends up taking the girls and he's going to put them in the back of the cop car. He goes, don't worry, I'm not arresting you, whatever. Rayanne sits down and just as Angela's about to get in, Rayanne's like, oh my God, Angela, look, Angela, look, look, look. 
and Angela turns around and looks over and Jordan Catalano is arriving and he looks over as Angela's getting into the back of the cop car. He goes, Hey, I know that girl, Angela. And you have this look of, she just elated this. Oh my right. God, he knows my name. He knows my name. And he's seeing me getting into a cop car. My cool points just went so far up. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh my God, I'm getting put, I'm getting taken away. It's awesome. <laughs> you know, but cause you see him and he's the cool guy. He gets into trouble. Cool guy. He's not like the, the varsity player type popular guy. He's the, the bad boy, you know? Yeah. But he's the dreamy bad boy, you know? Mm-hmm. And wow. So, which is funny, one of my friends, one of my best friends in high school was the dreamy bad boy. <laughs> Did know? he lean really well? No, it's just that he was pop. <laughs> he was in, he was on the, he was on the football team, but he wasn't like he had all the right clothes or hung out with everybody. They all knew him and they were fine with him, but mm-hmm. he was kind of like the bad boy, you know? And yeah, not a big, not, not somebody who would go and steal things or something, but he was just that guy. He was a friend to everybody kind of thing. And. Yeah, And I mean, I was too. So uh, that's the reason why I was kind of like the Angela. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I say that a lot. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> so Rayanne in the back of the car, she goes, I- I'll always watch out for you. I'll always be there for you. Okay. So don't you worry. And you know what? With your hair like that, it hurts to look at you. Oh. And she's laughing, you know, and. The guy gets out and takes her, takes Rayanne to her house. And Angela says at Rayanne's house, no one was home, which just tells you that Rayanne's story is really mm-hmm. kind of tragic. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be her. That's kind of the first little glimpse into like what her home life might be like. You know, she's. And it only being... gets worse from there. Yeah. So yeah. the cop gets, you know, pulling into Angela's neighborhood and Angela is just blabbing 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 about Anne frank about her book he's like i've never read the book and she goes you know he's really interested in it and and he's like don't do this again don't get into this situation again and she's like can you please just not come up to my door and you can tell he's a good guy yeah and she gets out of the car and the cop sees brian krakow in the tree reading (laughs) and he's like hey are you her friend he's like yeah he was act like you get down here and so the cop leaves and Brian wants to know what happened. She doesn't say anything really, but she kind of starts like, she was like, you know, some guys were hitting on this and he was like, like how he was like, like guys, like, no, that's not how guys, that's yeah. like creeps. You should, you know, like assholes. They were really, ugh. Um, yeah. The one guy was really creepy. At least the other one was like, uh, let's go, but didn't really stop anything. Yeah. So, you know, so we've picked a theme for the yearbook. That's what he's like. And then she's like, uh-huh. And then she goes, hey, who told you I like Jordan Catalano? He's nobody. He's like, so, so do you? And they're walking around and they kind of walk around the corner from the house. For some reason, just walking. I don't know why, but they're walking around the corner and they see her father talking to some woman who's crying. And that's when like REM starts playing. Everybody hurts. Yeah. It's oh. perfect, actually. Perfect. Angela runs away. She stumbles because she's in Ryan's shoes. And that's when Brian tells her it's the year 2000. That's the theme. And she's like, uh-huh. And she turns around and says, that's a pathetic theme <laughs> before she leaves. He's like, yeah, I know. 
And I love the shot, the iconic shot of them across the street from each other. Like there's this world divided type of thing. Yeah. I don't know. And she's it's got a, that just kind of awkward stance. Like her leg is kind of bent kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh. It's, you know, it's from the opening credits. They use a lot of the, mm-hmm. pretty much the entire opening credits is the entire pilot. Yeah. Um, She ends up going upstairs. REM still playing. And, you know, she's getting cleaned up. A lot happened that night, even though it doesn't seem like a lot happened, but a lot happened. Yeah. And uh, she ends up going in to see her mom. She says, what happened to spending a night at Rayanne's? And Angela just stands there. And I know these situations when you've like, you finally start saying something to your parents and you start crying in the middle Mm -hmm. of it. Like when I came out to my dad and to my mom, eventually, you just start talking and then you start crying. Yeah. Because you feel this bit of shame at the way you've behaved or, you know, how you've held something back or whatever. And you just kind of like, you need to get it out and you don't, you're afraid of how they're going to react. Yeah. And she starts telling her that she's really sorry um, about her hair and everything. And she kind of mentions that how her mom was adopted. And at one point she was looking for her real parents, like, because we're all looking for that, our real parents. Like in a way. Yeah. Cause you don't feel connected to them at some point, you know? Yeah. So yeah, she's crying and she has that famous Claire Danes cry. She has the best ugly cry. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, that ugly cry. <laughs> it's so good. That the the chin, the the mm-hmm. tremble of the chin, and then just uh, like, oh mm-hmm. my god, all the pain in her face. It's perfect. And she goes and she falls into her mom's arms, and the mom's like, "Don't worry about your hair; it'll grow out, and it really doesn't look that bad." <laughs> that bad. That was her her attempt at like yeah. bending that fence, you know, and. Angela says, I fell asleep in her arms. I must have been really tired. Yeah. I love like, this oh! scene. I know. You know? I, I really, really love this scene because the whole episode, it's like her and her mom are just at each other's throats. And then I think after seeing, like, stumbling upon her dad, I think she kind of realizes, like, oh, shit, like, my mom is also, like, a human and has her own shit. You know, and it's kind of like that whole realization is like, I've had a shitty night. Now I kind of know this information and I feel bad for my mom. And it's just like all com- culminates in that moment. It's just like, oh, I love it. <laughs> you know, like her mom's a strong person. Maybe her mom mm-hmm. knows. Maybe she doesn't. You know, you, you don't know. But she's like, I, yeah. I need to say I'm sorry. Yeah. Take something. Take that a little bit of this burden off my mom kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's oh, just that feeling, that comfort of falling asleep in your parents' arms. Mm-hmm. You know, just, oh, man, I miss that. That's such a safe <laughs> place, you know? Yeah. So the next day at school, Jordan sees her and he's like, hey, you out on bail? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And she asks about his weekend. He's like, it sucked. And then he leaves. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, he noticed her. Yeah. He made you a know. little joke. Good job, Jordan. <laughs> I know. He tried. <laughs> and so, you know, she hears a group of people approaching and Rayanne, you know, someone says, Rayanne, you're so full of it. And then Rayanne and Ricky Roke show up with all these people saying, this is what happened. These guys try to get them and the other night and everything. And, and Angela, didn't we, didn't we have a time? We had a time, didn't we? And then Angela says, we did, we had a time. Mm-hmm. And then just fade out on Angela's smiling face. Life, her new life has begun. Yeah. And that's the end of the pilot episode oh, of my so-called life. So good. It still holds up so well. <laughs> it really does. It still feels relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, 
sure, you know, people are like, oh, but, you know, the technology is like people watch Stranger Things. Yeah. You know, and they're using old school technology and that it's still relevant. You know, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. it's, that's why I'm saying like it doesn't matter what era it takes place in. If it's real, if it's true to form of human nature and whatnot, you're going to relate to it, you know. And it, this is such so well written. And, the, you know, the cool thing is they came out with a book for it. Basically, the first, there's a book called My So-Called Life, and it was, it's adapted by Catherine Clark. And it's basically the entire first season, like each chapter is a, I have them right here. Each chapter is an episode. And then after the show didn't get renewed, they came out with My So-Called Life Goes On, in which Catherine Clark got wrote it again. And talked with the creator, Winnie Holtzman, and decided to, hey, here's some ideas of how I, the direction I was going to go with the show. I didn't really care for it because I was like, oh, come on. You could have wrapped some stuff up. But they didn't. Oh. It, it, it still felt like it would have kept going like a second season. It felt like yeah. a second season type of thing. But but I guess it ended how it needed to end. You know, life just sometimes you don't find out the ending, you know. I know. Ugh. I know. That's I kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Life sucks. <laughs> Move on. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've been, you know, talking here for almost an hour and a half. And um, I don't, I promise you guys, not every episode is going to be this long. Hopefully, I, 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 I intend them all to at least be under an hour. Um, but this was, you know, you got a lot of stuff you had to get out of the way. I wanted to give you as much details as possible because I wanted you, you know, in case you haven't ever seen the show or if you just forgot some things, you haven't rewatched it in a while to be reintroduced. You know, it's it's more explanatory to give you everything from the beginning. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you will listen to some more because we're going to go through all 19 episodes of this show. I think it'll be a fun time. We'll have some good memories floating back to us from Oh my gosh, yesteryear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> God, it was 20. Years ago. No, it was 28 years ago this oh, year. Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go through all these things and, uh, you know, revisit old, you know, old school memories of times that were happening, maybe related to some things that were happening in our lives at that time or even now, whatever. Hopefully, you'll join us for the ride and make sure you listen to Fuck My Work Life. And if you want to go back and listen to Dustin Can Read and Watch, do that too. The Rewatch Recap was brought to you by me, Dustin Holden. You can find the show on Instagram at The Rewatch Recap, or you can find me on Twitter or TikTok at Dustin underscore Holden. Find me there for my weird-ass sense of humor, amongst other silly things related to my other show, Dustin Can Read and Watch. Speaking of which, my email is the same as the other show. You can reach me at DustinCanReadPod at gmail.com. So yes. until next time, this is Dustin. And this is Kay. <laughs> and I'm Kay. <laughs> That's me. Um, <laughs> and we'll see you next time on the Rewatch Recap. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.